getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Arsenal History, um, Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Uh, we are doing a very, very recent era this time. We're back up to present day, more or less, 2018 and beyond. We're going to look at the Unai Emery, uh, a bit of Freddie Lundberg, and the current uh, head coach, now manager, Mikel Arteta. Uh, I'm joined by um, Mark and Andy from um, the um, uh, the ArsenalHistory.com pot, um, website. And... Uh, Joined also by somebody who's seriously, seriously, one his internet is wrong, but seriously punching above his weight. Um, it's his seventh, it's if his seventh wedding anniversary to the most beautiful lady I know, besides my wife, of course, um, Donna. Um, my commiserations, condolence to you, Donna, um, but congratulations and punching, uh, Trev. How are you doing? Uh, mate, I make no argument that I'm punching, I make no argument at all. That, uh, no argument at all that I'm punching. She's a beautiful woman and I'm a lucky man. And we've been together for, we've been married seven years, but we've been together a bit longer than that. And uh, I've never regretted a day of it. She she lets me do the one thing in my life. That's go to watch and worship my fantastic football club, Arsenal. And uh, she even comes along sometimes and watches as well. So I couldn't ask for any more. I'm a very happy man and I know I'm punching. So I don't care what you say. <laughs> Mark, you need to get that tweet out now, don't you? No, I'm not saying anything, mate. <laughs> no, oh, welcome. Ah! <laughs> welcome, mate. I hope you're well. And our IT specialist in the room, Andy, uh, <laughs> no issues whatsoever getting online tonight, had you? No, no, absolutely no issues whatsoever, Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to look through uh, the final era um, of, of uh, the Arsenal history. Uh, for people who want to look up more detail, because we just do like a, an overview, the Arsenal history, tell it as it really was, is at thearsenalhistory.com. Uh, Mark and Andy both, um, along with, there's a, a third chap as well, isn't there, that that, that gets involved in, in, in that website with you guys. Uh, I've written a few books and done everything from 1886 right to the present day. Well, at least... Uh, to the end of the Wenger era um, uh, on, on there. So there's plenty of facts, stuff that you don't even know, um, stuff I didn't even know and I know nothing, uh, which has clearly been evident by these uh, eight episodes that we have done. Um, so we're looking at uh, we're looking at Unai Emery, May 2018. He takes over from, um, from Arsene Wenger after 22 years. He was made head coach, uh, not even a manager. He's uh, from Spain. Uh, went to Russia and France. He played football, but retired when he was about 31 uh, in 2004 when he got a serious knee injury for Lorca de Deportivo. Um, he done really well uh, in Spain. He brought Almeria up and got them promoted. And why we signed him, I think, was more because of the aspirations of Arsenal to try and get back into the Champions League. The guy was very successful uh, winning a treble for PSG. Okay, he didn't get them in the Champions League, hence why... Uh, uh, which we'll go into maybe a little bit of detail on. But he won the Europa League three times with Sevilla. And Arsenal were now in the Europa League and the ambitions was to get into the Champions League. Um, Andy, talk to me a little about the appointment of um, of, of uh, Unai Emery. Well, it was great for all the in-the-nose at Arsenal who had been <laughs> saying for months or, or weeks and weeks and weeks who, you know, it was going to be Mikel Arteta. Um, it was going to be... Who was the other guy they kept saying it was going to be? Look him low. No, no, not him. Uh, I put money on him, mate. Yeah. But they, there yeah, was that, Conti, there was Simeone, there was... You Simi just just yeah. pick, pick a name on a list. It was all of yeah. them. Yeah. And then they have this press conference and Ivan Gazidis comes in and, well, you know, introduces Arsenal's new manager, Unai Emery. And I said... Who's that? I've never heard of him before. You know, we talk about Arsenal, who, you know, and then I look him up and, oh, he's PSG's manager. I did not know that. I didn't have a clue. But my, my favourite bit of the um, of that press conference was um, um, Ivan Gazidis introduced him, said, this is our new coach, Unai Emery. And then within two or three questions, one of the journalists said, how exactly do you pronounce your name? 
And uh, I think he had to go through the interpreter because his English wasn't particularly good that time. And he just said, Unai Emery. <laughs> and you think, We're, these journalists are getting paid good money to ask stupid questions like that. Right. <laughs> in, in fairness, some of the guys who get into the press conference nowadays are people just like us who do like podcasts and 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 they do that much of it. They get journalistic passes, so the the, the level of say n- not disrespecting the guys, but the level of journalism that people who are trained as journalists who now get into press rooms are different than it would have been many years ago. Mark, your 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 thoughts on on the appointment of Unai Emery? Did you know of him? Uh, were you overwhelmed, <laughs> underwhelmed? I had no idea he was like Andy. Um, I had no idea that he'd won the Europa Cup three times or that he was at PSG. He was just a name who turned up and that was it, really. I mean, he seemed all right. But it was a bit of a sort of, oh, fair enough. It was a bit like, and it's right, it was a bit like Wenger, to be honest. He didn't know him, he didn't know him from Adam and he just sort of turned up. And you thought, oh, let's hope he's good. Trev, he was a bit like Wenger, really. Nobody knew him from Adam. He turned up, he was good. That's quite a good analogy in, to a certain degree. He was a steady pair of hands. Um, he was not unknown as much as Wenger. Um, but, you know, to, to the average football fan in the UK, they probably wouldn't have known him. What, what was your thoughts when, when Emery was uh, rolled out in front of that press conference? Well, I'd known him years, Fergus. I'd watched his career progress. Of course you would have. I'd seen him through every stage of his career from when he finished playing. And uh, now I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop thinking. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. I was much like the boys. Never heard of him. But um, he, he, when you look at what he'd done, he'd done all right in Europe with, with not the most fashionable of teams. It, PSG had wanted him and PSG have got the money to get whoever in they want managing, but they wanted him. Although I think player power got him out of PSG. When I looked into it a little bit more, I think that the player power got him out of PSG. So when he turned up at the Arsenal, I thought, who's this bloke? Much like these boys have said, who, in a bit of a comparison to Wenger. But when you looked at what he'd done, it for me, Arsenal seemed a, a, a half-decent um progression for him, you know. And so I thought, well, well, let's give him a chance, you know. But within, within what, a week, they were on him on social media, weren't they? Poor mm. bloke never mm. had a chance. Never stood a chance, the poor bloke. Mm. They were on him within a week. Some of these, I'm not going to call them Arsenal fans. I'm going to call them Arsenal Twitterazzi, right? There's a massive difference. They were on him and the, and, and, and the poor, he progressed all right in his first season. You know, he got us to to a European final. If if the players hadn't let him down, we'd have got in top four in the league and we'd have got in the Champions League. But the last two or three games of the season, I can't remember specifically what they are. I know Mark and Andy can put us right. But he was let down badly at the end of the league season. And uh, he had my sympathy at the start of his reign. He had my sympathy at the end of his reign, Fergus. And to be honest, he still has my sympathy now, you and I, Emery. From my perspective, he did nothing wrong. That's really interesting because some of the stuff that we're going to cover about Emery and you say he's got his, uh, your sympathy now. I know speaking to you after cer- certain events, uh, you didn't think very highly of him and you, you weren't very co- well, you were never rude about the man because I've never heard you be rude about anybody except for me. Um, and uh, you were just like, you know, you, you weren't overly pleased with him. L- listen, before we get into like, the social media, what's that? With, not pleased with Emery. You weren't pleased with Emery. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, you'll have to because you're you you're, you're off me now. You're, but there's a difference be, between between sort of after one game going, oh, you know, not sure about him, blah blah blah, as 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 going on and on about it all the time and taking that. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. I don't think any one of us four on here and uh, many people that we know don't really go on and on like the Twitterazzi that. Um, and I love that word uh, that um, Trevor used there. And I'm not saying that Trevor is was that. I, th- I think very disappointed with. Uh, we and we'll, as I said, we'll get into it later. Baku uh, disappointed with some of the tactics at the end of the season where we didn't get into the top four. Disappointed with some of his man management of some of the players and the discipline of, of the the players. Um, I was for sure. 
Um, um, but let's look at his change in style of football, first of all. He changed the style of football. It was a much more um, physical training regime, Andy. Um, and he was very much about the press and pushing out from from the back. Yeah, and that that was the thing that hit me early on. You know, his um, check playing out uh, to his uh, to his full backs, and and then they they give it back to him, and then he passed back to him, and, and it, it, they just didn't have a clue what they were doing. It seemed, and like you know, after a few games, you'd expect them to have managed to sort it out. But it seems to be constantly, and I think early on, we conceded a few goals from from you know mis- defensive mistakes through that, uh, and I just couldn't get it. And then eventually, what they were doing, they were you know Czech had pass it out to one of the fullbacks, they'd pass it back to him, and he'd hoof it up the pitch. And I thought, mm. well, what's the point in that? But it obviously worked for a while because they went on a twenty-two match unbeaten run. I must admit, some of them were. You know, sort of very fortunate wins, and we were lucky not to lose a few of them. You know, through almost uh, unforced uh, defensive errors. That's all I can seem to remember of those. Uh, you know, those first few months that he was there, the defence fannying about with the with the ball. And not not lots changed really since then either. Okay, there's been a, a bit of a change in personnel as it, it shored up a little bit, but it's still a little bit shaky. Mark, what were your what what did you think of of, of this pressing style of football? Um, did did you think it suited the personnel that we had and no, and, and Emery? No, because the goalkeeper couldn't do it. Um, most defenders couldn't do it, and there's no point in there's no point in continuing it. To be honest, was there really? Um, if if you've got if you're playing a system, I mean it's like to use an analogy, but I mean um, what's his name, Jack Charlton, the way he played, the way he set Ireland up, he didn't play the best players, but he played a system. Whereas yep. what we seem to be doing was just saying, okay, you're the best players and you can play this way, but you can't play. But they couldn't play that way. It, it, it was it was these players who who weren't suited to that system. Martinez as far was actually the only reason time we've played that properly is when Martinez is in goal. Because Martinez is actually is that type of is that type of um, keeper sweeper sort of thing, yeah, yeah. But he, he's he, he's like um, pick he's like Pickford. The reason the reason Pickford's so highly rated is because his his passing ability, he's t- you know kicking the ball out basically. Because he always normally ninety yeah. percent of the time he finds who he's trying to get, um, and it mm. adds a different dimension. That, that's what um, the Man City manager loves about all his keepers. You know, it's not necessarily their shot stoppers. But they can play an all-round game, whereas Leno can't do it, and Czech certainly couldn't do it. But Martinez could, so I couldn't understand. I mean, it's obviously, I've jumped in the bit here, but I, I couldn't understand why Martinez wasn't actually said, "You are number one," because he plays the way that Arteta wants us to play. No, I, I, to be honest, I, I, I know, and yes, we are jumping way ahead. The Leno Martinez scenario was purely financial it, it wasn't and uh leno wasn't going to be uh relegated from number one spot there and then and martinez wasn't going to sit on the uh sit on the bench be number two especially after that run of games um trev um if we look at uh emery and look at the likes of with the ozel debacle there was he got mugged or jumped outside um in golders green uh, him with kalasniak uh ozel then went on some sort of uh, for the one of a better word strike drops uh, i remember that being at palace away uh, the, the game that abamian got sent off by var um but he chucked his gloves at at, at um, Emery and he wasn't very happy being substituted. Uh, he, there, there's lots of the players, their heads dropped. Uh, and later on, we even had uh, where we lost out on top four, probably because I don't know if it was down to a tactical error in the timing of the substitution or a player being just tactically inept and not coming off the pitch quick enough. And in Shaka in October 19, how did you think he managed? The characters um, within Arsenal. Fergus, you, you've raised about thirty points there, my friend. I have. I'm still gobsmacked that you said that I spoke badly about Emery. I want the. I want to see the evidence on that. No, what, no. what I meant was you. you I do as well, Fergus. But let's just. But going back to what you said, mate, we'll come to it. 
Arsenal started trying to play a pressing game on the, the back end of, of Wenger's reign. He'd tried to start playing a pressing game. And what the boys said about Czech not being able to play the football from the back was the, was the start of it. And the defenders couldn't pick up on it. And, and we were awful. And, and I think that eventually got Wenger. That was what got Wenger the push. So the following season, Emery's come in and he's taken over a team, Fergus. Emery's taken over a team that's just played badly enough to see a long-standing manager pushed out the door by his club. He's not taking over from a bloke that's been there a year. He's taking over from a bloke that's been there for 22 years. Never had, a, you know, and he's just been pushed out of the club by one by one of his worst ever teams. So Emery comes into the club and Stone the Crows, the first two games of the season, he's got Manchester City at home and he's got Chelsea away, right? And we lose both them games. But people all laugh at me, right? We lost 2-0 at home to Man City and on, on another day, with a bit of a rub of the green, we draw that game. We weren't that bad in that game. And then the following week, we go to Chelsea and we somehow lose 3-2, a game we should be winning. We lose 3-2, yep. a game we should be winning. And then we go on a 20-odd game unbeaten run. And I can't argue the fact that some of those draws and wins, the you know, the rub of the green once again went our way. But the, 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 the fact is, Emery's come in, or he's took a team that, that's just got a previous manager to push, and he's gone 20-odd games unbeaten. And... And he's got to Christmas and, he, and, he, and he's lost a couple of games. And and then it, 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 it sort of flattens out and we win a few and we lose a few and, and the fans are on his back. But he, he's for his first season, I can't see what he's done wrong. I know you mentioned Baku and then my opinions of certain players. Because you know me, Fergus, I, I will not talk badly, too badly about specific players. Because nope. at the end of the day... I support my team. I, you know, I support my team. Whoever's there, I may not agree with it, I may disagree with it, and I will talk about them, but I won't get too heavy on them, you know? I won't get too heavy on them. So, for his first season, he was let, he's got us to Baku to a final, and he's got us fifth in the league, and I'm just going to check now, and I can, I've just found it. You know, um, what did we do? We drew with Brian at home. We... We, we lost away to Leicester City, got battered, lost away to Wolves, lost over to Crystal Palace. And we only wanted one more point. I think, did we want one more point? And we're top four. Yeah. Yep. So he's been let down badly. And one, one, one or two players in particular who should have been leaders of that side, they were long-standing, highly rated players that should have been leaders, let him down badly, Fergus. Let him down badly. They did indeed. Um. Myself and yourself, we've talked before and we won't share it on here, but um, when you talk about Baku, um, those two players that you talk about, um, not that I could mention them, but one is Turkish and one is Gabon, um, uh, had a, a big row with him at halftime in the dressing room, allegedly. Um, and, you know, they shouldn't be doing that at, at that time. But it, it, the overall discipline then, Mark, of how he... M managed the personalities like the Ozil and there was the huge contract thing about the Ozil um, situation that he had inherited from the previous regime. Uh, how do you think it, do you think he managed it well considering? Oh, evidently not, but what, what can you do? I mean, seriously, what, what you know, you, you basically you've, you've got, a, you've built a system around players. Players have got all the power um, unless you're winning trophies or you're doing whatever the player wants you to do, the players aren't going to listen to you anyway, are they? I mean, they're really not. No. It's just, it's just it, 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 you know, what, what, what could he have done? He's a new bloke. He comes in. He tried, He tries. I presume he tried to put discipline and they'll go, oh, sort of, mate, we're on 10 million a year. We don't care. And that's the attitude yeah. of a lot of them. You can see it is. You know, they just, they just swan around. It's uh, modern football. It's not just Arsenal. It's virtually every club you go to. You say the same thing to blokes who go to the terraces and terraces it's seating. So exactly the same thing. You've got four or five players who just swan around on X amount of money a, a, a month, a year. They don't care because they're getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the further they move up the food chain and, and, and their careers, it gets more and more that style. Um, Andy, how did you feel he managed that? And and like he come under a lot of uh, criticism about his um, his accent and his uh, communication style, um, his difficulty and the awkwardness in some of his uh, press conferences. Um, uh, 
do you think that was fair that he was ridiculed in that way? Oh no, it's never fair to ridicule someone. I mean, he's tried his hardest, but I don't think I think for the first season he should have conducted his press conferences with an interpreter. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think Ranieri did, didn't he? In his early days at Chelsea. And he did. He did. And the funny, the funny story about that is the guy who's doing the translating just didn't speak any Italian whatsoever. He just <laughs> pretended, and he just made up <laughs> phrase about the boy done good. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> oh my word! <laughs> yeah. Didn't he speak enough front? Like, he can get away with it. Didn't he sound a bit like a Dalek as well? The guy that was doing the interpreting for uh, yeah, yeah. I can see the guy. I can't really yeah. hear him, but yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, obviously he's he's struggling to get his point across to the the English press, and you know what they're like. They're you know they 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 get away with absolute murder. What they can say about people, and you know they, they will crucify people. So he should, yeah, I think he should have stayed. You know, stayed with his native language for the first year, um, and 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 carried on like that. That that might have given him a little bit more leeway because then it makes it more difficult for the for the journalist to give him difficult questions or to misinterpret or you know or gives him a bit of leeway and that he could be misinterpreted. But but with uh, Ozil, I, I don't I see what else he could have done. You know, the guy's on three hundred and fifty grand a week. He wasn't. You know, people. You know, people compare stats with what you see on the pitch. You know, and you watch him on the pitch, and he just looks like he was ambling around. He might do the odd good thing, and then someone say, "Yeah, but look at his stats. He does this. He does that. He's, you know, he runs this." But you, it's it's difficult to um, look at it in a different way when you're looking at the pitch. You're looking at the player on the pitch, and you think, "What, what does he actually contribute?" And I think. You know, as Mark was saying, you know, he's he's getting his three hundred and fifty grand a week. He doesn't really have to do too much. He's on like what was it, a three year contract. Um, I think he should have sort of like dropped him earlier, really. Got yeah, probably. Else, you it's, know, it's, and, and just said, Well, that's it, you know, Ozil's career at Arsenal is over, let's just move on. Uh and, yeah. and we'll we'll use we'll, we'll use one of the younger players, at least you know, he's gonna give a bit. And that's what that's Arsenal right. fans like. They like players. But at least, um, you know, showing a, a bit of enthusiasm to, when they go out on the pitch. And I don't think Ozil was doing that. No, no, and, 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 and I think it was Ozil was another typical uh, one that split the Arsenal fans in that you get people mm. who adore him and people who say, well, he's not all that really, is he? And I think a lot, no, of, I that agree. Is, a lot of that is from I... fans that are, are, are Ozil fans rather than Arsenal fans as well. To- totally agree, and, and 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 Trev, you can come in on this as well, uh, answering what you were going to uh, say, what you were going to say to Andy, and and then encompass um, the, the the social media, the, the modern fan, the uh, t- Twitter Sazi or whatever you said that uh, they, they are. Um, you know the 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 way the Ozil fan rather than Arsenal fan. Invariably, most of them are overseas, are sitting, not going to games like we, some of us do. Um, you know, what, what was your opinion of like this? The Ozil thing was almost like where social media was there, but it's for Arsenal in particular, it type of blew up. Even with the Wenger in, the Wenger out stuff, it it, it was there, but never to the, the same level as the Ozil stuff. Trev? Look, right. It's, this is really interesting now because once again, we mentioned it on the last podcast, Fergus. We, we're moving away from history now and we're going towards more towards opinions because yeah. it's all very fresh in our minds. And we're entitled to do that because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Arsenal past and now we're getting more towards the Arsenal present, but it is still the recent past. Uh, the problems with Ozil started before before Wenger went. You know, you'd go under, the, under Wenger's last season, you'd go to away games... And half the time you'd get there, and Ozil wouldn't be in the lineup, and it would be announced that he was yeah. ill. Like, uh, the back. team with illness, right? Or back. or And every time there was a slightly different excuse. So you're already, as fans, it's already going around your head then. What's going on with Ozil? He's, these away games up north, it's a bit cold. He's never there. What's going on? You know, and then in fairness to Emery, when Emery came in, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is just from recollection. 
he did drop Ozil, and he dropped him for a good while, and he tried, he tried to drop Ozil, but I, I think, and it's only my opinion, of course, that Emery somehow had his arm twisted to bring Ozil back into the fold, and he and he had to, and and there's no doubt that when he came back, Ozil was was didn't make any effort at all. He was he was awful his performances, and and it, what would made it really annoying was the fact that. You knew that there was better performances in that player. You were watching a player that was mm. capable yeah. of better performances, and he wasn't doing it. And and as Arsenal fans, as, as as Mark or Andy, I'm sorry, guys, just said, as an Arsenal fan, I want to see us win every game and I want to see us win every trophy. But most of all, when I go in that stadium, I want to see them run their nuts off for my football club. I want to see them give a hundred percent effort for my football club. And when I don't see that from a player, it frustrates me greatly. It frustrates me greatly. And then you see, just to finish off what I'm saying, you go to you come to Baku, right? And me and a me and a few hundred other idiots, we pay our money and we somehow get to Baku, right? And we're watching a game against Chelsea, who are favourites. And we get to half time and it's nil-nil. And we're playing all right. We're playing, we're, we're playing decent football. We're holding Chelsea. We're in the game. And then, as you touch... I never knew this, Fergus, until you told me. They come out second half, a different side. The mm. effort levels have gone from up here to, to ground zero. They stopped playing. And we go to a couple of goals down. I don't know if we were two or three down. And Emery decides he's going to pull Ozil, right? Ozil, from the middle of the field sulked and took, I would say, a good two minutes to walk off the football field in a cup final when we're losing a game. And that was the ultimate show of disrespect for me. And I thought he should never, ever pull on an Arsenal shirt again. But I'm, what I must say is the, the main frustration is when I watch a player that I know is capable of a really good performance and you watch and they're not trying. They've, they're paid a lot of money by my football club. Mm. And they should try. I want to see an effort. Right, focus. Sorry, I dragged on a bit there, mate. But you did ask, pal. I did. I did. I did. And 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 the 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 social media element of it. Uh, before we move on to the the, the next era, the social media element. Uh, I said to you before the 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 Wenger out and the AKBs, the WOBs was the, the the first grumblings of it. But that was very much among our own lot to a certain degree. But social media seemed to go nuts with Ozil and uh, internationally, it, it just went nuts with the Ozil thing. What's your view on that, Trev? Well, you see, football fans that watch football on television are still football fans, right? They're no different to us that, go, that are fortunate enough to be able to go to games. Because we are fortunate to be able to, game, to go to games. A lot of... Millions of people have to watch football on telly for no other reason than they can't go to the game. So that doesn't make them any less fans than, than us, Fergus. But what you don't see on the television is the, the television cameras follow the ball in the main, yeah? They follow the ball and they follow the play. Mm. So you get a very blinkered picture of what's happening on that football field. Yeah. When you're in the ground and you've got this massive peripheral vision... And you could see what's going on 20, 30, 40, 50 yards off the ball. And you could see people that are making runs, that are not making runs, that are chasing back to defend, that are not chasing back to defend, that are demanding the ball or avoiding the ball. Then that's where I will say that the, the fans that go to the games do get a much better idea of, what happening, mm -hmm. of what's happening. And for me, Messer Ozil... Didn't give us, he didn't. I don't think, in my view, he didn't give us 50% effort, let alone anywhere near the 100% effort I hoped he would give Fergus. He didn't want to play for the club, I don't think. I think he was just, for want of a better phrase, my view, and I know I'm probably going to get ripped apart on social media for it. My, my view is that he was robbing us of a living at the end. He didn't play for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And there, there was no, never, never, no one ever said he was injured. No one ever said, oh yeah, he was ill or he was poorly. Or he had a bit of a bad back, but you never heard about him getting loads of treatment and fixed. He just there was something not right with a man, and and I don't think any of us have put our finger on it, Fergus. But just mm. remember, I draw that opinion from watching 
And I'm not saying I'm any better than any other football fan that doesn't go to a game, but you see a bigger picture when you go to the grounds. Totally it's agree. All around the park, you know. And that is how I come to my conclusion. And nothing will change my mind on Ozil for that, mate. Mark, um, on uh, that night in in May in Baku that Trevor was lucky enough to attend, but unfortunate enough to, to witness, uh, what did you make of the game? What did you make of the performance by the manager and the players? And sorry, just to qualify, Trev, I do recall, because you asked me for evidence, I've been racking my brain since, it was more the players that what they gave to the manager rather than the manager that disappointed you. So I, I apologize. I'll accept your okay. apology then, Fergus. Yeah. I'll have yeah. a pint of Guinness <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, you saw the other five on Twitter. Um, Mark, th- thoughts on the game? I think Trevor sums it up, really. I mean, we didn't play badly in the first half. Nothing happened, really. In the second half, we were crap. Nothing else you yeah. can say, really. I mean, what the, the thing I would say is Emery's been in five Europa Championship finals. He's only lost one. That's one for us. All the other ones, he's won. So, what does that tell you? Has he? He lost to Chelsea. Yeah, he lost to Chelsea with Villarreal. In a final? Did he? You sure? Andy, you're going to prove me wrong. Um, I thought he won three with, with Seville or whatever. And then he lost with us, and he won last week, one last time against whoever. It's Man U, wasn't it? Was it Man U? Yeah. I yeah, it was... yeah, my memory's gone. Tactical oh, the final. I add the final uh, was August eleventh, twenty uh, August the eleventh. Uh, what was the score? There's no finals in. Yeah, it was. There's no finals on August the 11th. What about um, last I don't season? Know. No, the FA Cup is Right, yeah. move on, Fergus. It don't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Move basically, um, it's so, the only club who's let him down. We, we let him down, not the other way around, in my view. I agree. Well, the, okay. Sorry, the players let him down. Agree. Um, yep, definitely. Another and, stat I got wrong and, earlier, and... It, Andy, another stat I got earlier uh, wrong earlier was uh, Freddie Lumberg. I said he was 418 games. He was 418 days involved in management with it. Unai are with Arteta. He was caretaker manager for six games. He took over um, in um, November 2019. Uh, he won one, drawing three. And he wasn't wasn't the most enlightening, inspiring sort of. Um, Caretaker. No, I, I think we were all hoping that he'd come in and um, sort of like summon up the spirit of mm. the, the Invincibles. But, you know, he was just taking over the same players that Emery had, had left him, and many of whom had come in towards the end of Wenger's reign. There was, you know, you, you couldn't expect him to work miracles. And he knew that he was only going to be a caretaker, really. Um, so... You know, it was just more of the same, really. And there's no way that, he, you know, he's, he's he's never managed a club before or managed, you know, a, a, a team in, in that sort of, uh, on that level. So he, there's no way that he was going to turn them around in them few games that he had there. But it, it was pretty uninspiring stuff watching him, you know, and he, he was just making exactly the same sort of tactical mistakes and the same substitutions that, Emery had made and, and to a degree Wenger had been making as well. Mm. And what's your thoughts then, Andy, on 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 um former players being appointed as managers? I know it's happened before for Arsenal, uh, yeah. with George Graham, etc. Um, but you know, in the modern era, uh, modern footballers, uh, it's a different game from the 70s and 80s, I think. What's your thoughts on appointing them? It depends really on, on what sort of um, experience they've had. I mean, Lundberg had had no experience. We'll move, you know, obviously, we're going to just move on to Arteta. He'd had no experience either. But very few of the previous Ars- you know, Arsenal players that have uh, played to a high level for Arsenal have gone on to become great managers, have they? No. no. You know, Vieira, no, not really. Uh, Tony um, Adams has tried. Sol Campbell has tried. Uh, yeah. There's a few of them, and uh, you know, 
I, I think, you, you know what I've, when you look at the likes of Emery as an example, Wenger as an example, um, they weren't necessarily the best players, um, but yet wow. again, they, they understood the game. And I think, I think it's, it's more than just kicking a ball around that, that, that makes them be good at what they do in that sense. Yeah. And now, as you know, Mark's touched on this a few times in the, the players that are playing now, it's, yeah, they can't be bullied around like George Graham used to bully his players and Alex Ferguson used to bully his players mm. because now they're all multi-millionaires. You know, and you yeah. have a situation like Ozil who's on a on huge amount of money. He can't be bullied around. He'll just, well, we'll just do what he what we saw him do. He just says, well, I ain't going to, I'm not going to play properly and then you just have to drop me and I'll sit in the, sit on the sidelines earning my 350 grand a week. I don't care if I get a match bonus or a win bonus. Thank you very much. And just see how So in December, in December uh, 19, uh, Mikel Arteta was named as head coach. He'd previously been assistant to Pep Guardiola at Man City. He was a former club captain. He played for us for five seasons, came from Everton in 2011 and won and uh, stayed with us in 2016, won two FA Cups. Trevor, um, uh, how did you feel when... when uh, uh, Mikel Arteta was announced. Well, it, it wasn't my choice, Fergus, for for no other reason than I thought that when he came to Arsenal, I thought he, he'd done enough to become a really good manager. But I, I think probably the step to the Arsenal was 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 a big step to start off with. I hope I'm wrong. He still has my faith and my backing. But he'd been assistant to Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. It's still debatable whether Pep Guardiola is is a fantastic coach or just a great spender of money. We don't really know. I think it's probably a bit of both, if I'm honest. But he, he, he'd been under Arteta for a good... Uh, excuse me, Arteta had been under Guardiola for a good while. So maybe it was time to move into management. We can't argue that. I just feel that a move into to, to championship or League One level football is where they should probably go from there and do a season or two there. Then maybe come up and have a go at a big club like ours. Um, so I think the move came too soon, but we have a habit of doing it at the Arsenal. We we, we put these people in. We, we've never really got someone ultra-famous in to manage our club. It's always been someone that, that's unexpected, maybe, in my in, in, in my memories. Whenever we've announced a new manager, we thought, oh, never saw that coming, you know. Um, but he's there. He's our manager. And he, he, he has... As, as much as I contradict myself here, he has had a good grounding at Manchester City. He's a level-headed sort of chap, he seems to be. And and you've got to remember what he inherited. Although we had Emery in between, Mikel Arteta inherited a team of with some £30 million players in it that we'd paid for that we couldn't give away. We couldn't give them away. And we paid £30-odd million for these players. So that gives you an idea of how hard it was and what the reason Arteta still has my faith to this day, Fergus, is that you can see some change. Change doesn't happen overnight. You know, if you look at the great managers of our club in the past, different eras, I know, different times. But, you know, Chapman, me, Graham, they all had two, three seasons before you started seeing some results from them, you know. So Arteta's in his second season. Is he his second season coming up or... Two and a bit, isn't it? Uh, two and a bit. Uh, it, it, um, it's a, he's got to have his first full season. He said two, like... Um, yeah. 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 So, I could see change. I could see him making he's an effort to change. Story. You know, he, he, he's, he's leading us into a new era with different players. So, he's, he's still got my support, Fergus. But I still think we've got one or two players. And another one that has surfaced recently, that's confusing us all. That are not that, that are just not good enough, or maybe not putting the effort in. But I can see progress under Arteta at the moment. And Mark, uh, alongside Arteta, was an invin invincible who was brought upstairs. Um, Edu, uh, who had been doing quite a bit out in uh, Brazil with the Corinthians and the Brazil national team. Um, it ended up being the Edu and Arteta partnership to. I wouldn't say Arsenal heroes, but definitely Arsenal ex-players, definitely. But um, did you think that was a good appointment with, with Edu? And do you think he's been successful so far? And do you think he's complementing 
Arteta's about three questions in there for you. I don't you know. Your two sentences out of that. Probably not. There we go. That's <laughs> <laughs> the question. I genuinely don't know whether he's um, whatever, but it's evident that he hasn't been as successful as he could have been because Williams turned up under him. Um, I'm sure as other players, are, I can't remember at the moment. But I mean, you know, there's, there's players in there. You just look at it and you just think, why? Why did we buy? Them? Why did we bother to 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 to, to have them? Because you, the, the best thing, I, I, I honestly think the best thing they should do is start shoving. This is what I thought before. Start shoving the youngsters in. The reason Arteta won the cup, we won the cup under Arteta, was he he played a lot of youngsters. He didn't. He, he blooded them. He, they basically. He, he obviously thought, oh, well, blah blah blah. You look at the team, at the lineup. And the, and the and the squad for the FA Cup semis and the finals is full. Of, it's absolutely chock of block full of youngsters, and then he stopped playing them, and he started playing them again. So you think we've got Smith Rowe and we've got Saka, right? They're they're quality, but but they're our own players, and we, we just seem to be buying in. Uh, and we can't get rid of anybody purely because I think because of the COVID type stuff with finances with the with the other um. You know, with the European teams, who normally they'd be going to, but they can't afford them, so they just stay in there. Mm. You know, all the clubs have got the problem. Chelsea have got the same problem. They've got loads of clubs in their books. They don't want them, but they're there because they, they can't they can't get rid of them. And in so, fairness, Chelsea have had loads of players for ages. The, the largest squad, I think, at one point with thirty four players a few years back, uh, and they had uh, equally an, enough players out on loan that they could have fielded another team, uh, another squad. Andy um, Arteta goes on to win his first uh, FA Cup um, uh, in his first season. Uh, he finishes eighth, ten points off top four. Um, we then subsequently go on to reach the semi-finals of the Europa League the following season, get knocked out by Unai Emery's Villarreal. Uh, we finish eighth again um, in the um, in in the league, uh, only five points off top four. The only reason we got European football and got into that Champions League was because of the FA Cup run. Um, could you say between the two seasons, bear in mind, in all of this, you've got... Covid, the stadium's empty. There's, you know, there's, there's. It's all weird. Football is messed up for us at home. Uh, football's mm -hmm. on at weird times. It's, it's just a mess. For, uh, it's a mess. Um, and he's changed. He's got eighth in two seasons. Uh, Ten points and five points. Is it progress? Did it? Did he progress from that FA Cup win in the first season? Um, I don't think so. I think he's he's just stayed. He's, he's he's hit a level and he's stayed on that same level the last season as he had done the previous season. And I think a uh, big mistake was letting Martinez go. You know, he, he, we saw. You know, obviously after he he took over from Leno, he made a couple of mistakes. But then after that, because he he never had a run in the team. But once he had a run in the team, you could see how much he was a much better goalkeeper than Leno is. Commands his his box. Uh, so I think letting Martinez go was was a big mistake, um, and then just sort of like the, the players that are coming in, they're just I don't know they're they're just not quite good enough. I, we don't know what the state of the finances in is. I know we've been you know we do spend a lot of money, but I don't know the the, the team just seem to be making the same mistakes week in week out. The players are just not quite good enough. You know, I watched um, the game at the weekend and, you know, the amount of passes that went astray. You know, you just don't expect it of, of players that are earning that amount of money, at the, you know, playing in the top league in, in, the, in the world. Mm. And they just can't pass to each other. And it's, you know, throughout the whole team as well, they all seem to be capable of making them silly mistakes. I must admit, I, I haven't watched more than about four or five minutes of uh, pre-season, but um, I believe Tottenham, who have got no defence because all their defenders have left, um, we made their makeshift defence look good uh, because of our main man, our captain uh, up top. Uh, he couldn't hit a barn door on, you know, at the moment, and he's out of there's, form. There's something not right with him at the moment. I don't know if it's because, it's not... you know, he, he's, he's getting on now. Um 
or he's being asked to play in a position that's not quite right for him. But if you if you think about last season, right, we were we were relegation candidates until just before Christmas because we were. Whatever you say, our form was appalling. It was turned. Well, it was the Chelsea. It was the Chelsea game, Mark, yeah. on, on on Boxing Day that we turned around our fortunes. And yeah. to be honest, that gives me some hope that there's some light at the end of the tunnel that this man can hopefully do something and get and yeah. But if you think about it, right, we, we were we were falling down. Smith Rowe. Martinelli and Saka, and that was it. No one else. It was those three names who changed our season. They, they altered our season completely. I mean, totally. Uh, who's he at? No, is it not, not we? Is he Norwegian? Odegaard or whatever. Uh, Odegaard, um, yeah, he was okay. Now, he came in, he's okay. And they're saying, you know, read people saying, oh, we're going to buy him and stuff. He's nothing compared to Smith Rowe. The potential Smith Rowe is incredible. Um, Agreed. And 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 you and you can see it, but but the thing is, is the other thing is, is if you look at the form that we had, I think we were third after that. Uh, after looking at relegation candidates, I think we were the third, second or third best team in the league from Correct. from that Chelsea game onwards. So there's, there's obviously something. There's obviously an improvement. Um, you know, we're not we're not the absolute dross that people think we are, but then we're not. It, we're, we're just we're okay. And that's it. Yeah. And people don't want okay, do they? They want everything to be fantastic. But you well, can't do that. If, there's only sense. if you get rid of your best keeper, okay, he only played 20 odd games. But if you get rid of your best keeper, and he was far and away the best keeper, there's the, you know, I mean, people say, don't talk about it because it's like, you know, it brings that old game. But it is, it was such a mistake. It was, it was unbelievable. But financially, it wasn't a mistake. And we're going to get into talking about the ownership and stuff in a minute as well. And, 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 the fan base about the ownership and what's happened over the summer. <laughs> Financially, it made it made absolute sense. He was worth two million. He's in the last year of his contract. Villa offered seventeen million. If they stayed up another three million, add on twenty million pound for a keeper that's on the last year worth two. But they, they I, paid I agree with you. Fifty thousand pounds a week for six years before that, and they've done the same with Aubameyang. So, so the money the money's not an issue. The money's not an issue. I'm sorry. Point, it might it might look point. it might look piddly, you know. It might be on the margins. Oh, we'll save 10, 10 million here, but he, you know, his keeping won us a cup. Like he was that he was that he's that good a keeper. Mm. Mm. Trevor, um, no European football for twenty five years. Discord among the fan base. A new manager has been appointed. Um, a manager that you and I uh, um, can see hope and see following that like run that we talked about uh that there could there could be if he's backed this summer um what could happen uh in this summer there was talk of this new european super league uh, arsenal and uh liverpool man united tottenham christ why um and that's nothing to do with their rivalry but tottenham they've won nothing in how many years um, so uh, why they're in there, but that sparked huge protests, um, which you attended, uh, and many of our friends attended with Stan Kroenke, uh, get out of our club. <laughs> How did that all make you feel? All that sort of, um, that just that horrible, nasty feeling about you know, it's good to see that. Fans mobilising United in under one cause, but two was just horrible to have that around the club, don't you think, Trev? Oh, I, absolutely. I, I didn't want there to be a a um, I didn't want to be there at that demonstration, Fergus. But I, I was made. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was I was maybe there for 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 different reasons to some people. I don't know. I, I can't argue against Kronk, the money that's been spent by our club since Kronk is in charge. But I just want a different type of owner, Fergus. I want an owner that I feel cares as much about my football club as I do. And people tell me, that you know, some people even said to me, but that type of owner isn't out there anymore. Well, they clearly are. They clearly are. Look at the, uh, look at the uh, Leicester owner after the FA Cup last year. That's how you mm. care about a club. Yeah. That's how you look after a club. You, you know, it's not just about the money; it's about the passion shown and and the communication with 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 the fans and the people. Um, there's a much bigger picture than just money, and and I don't think the Cronky family are the right people to take our club forward. 
as I said, I can't argue about the money, but there's much more to the picture than that. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want an owner that's at my club every week, cheering his side on just like me. I want to see him stand up in that director's box when we score a goal and have a bit of a cheer, you know. And we're not getting that with the Cronkies, and 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 I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And that is why I went to that demonstration. So I don't think they're the right people to leave my football club. It wasn't just money. Far from it. There's a much bigger picture. It's really interesting what the boys spoke about just now because I back Arteta. But there has been some confusing things happen, haven't they? And they did promote Arteta from coach to manager, didn't they? So he's got to take responsibility for some of these decisions. Why we kept William on another contract, I do not know because he obviously isn't going to play very well for us. I hate to say it because it's gone on and on and on. But Martinez was a better goalkeeper for the game we play than Leno. Leno's a great shot stopper, but most goalkeepers yeah. in football are great shot stoppers. Yeah, it's the exactly. game that matters, you know. And as for Alabama Yang, as for Alabama Yang, I don't know what's happened because oh, if he wasn't just scoring goals, then all strikers have periods when they're not scoring goals, right? Mm. But he's missed some bloody easy chances. You know, he's missing chances that me at 59 years old, I would put away. You know, I would put them away, them chances. And that is what worries me most about Alabama Yang. But you see, summing up last season, Fergus, we're not in Europe. And you know me, I love my trips to Europe, right? Um, I, I love my trips to Europe. And we're not in Europe now. So for me, the decline has continued. The steady decline that we spoke about in previous episodes has continued last season because now we haven't got Europe. But Arteta still has my faith to turn it around. Please, God, let, um, let him turn it around. Yeah, but then you've got to ask yourself, what, what is success? What will be success next year? Success for me next year, um, ideally, would be top four. Um, but unfortunately, I think the competition for uh, top four places, you could almost pick the, the, the top four right now uh, in the sense of Chelsea and, and Man City at the top two. Liverpool aren't going to be very far behind that. It's the fourth place where it could be Leicester, it could be Man United, it could be us. Uh, Villa have spent wisely in the window. Uh, it could They could be sniffing around in that top six area. Spurs, I think, are probably have reached the, the, their peak. And depending on what Nuno Santos does, do they get in the top six? Do they not? Do we spot places with them? I, I don't know. Success would be top four. Um, but I'd take sixth and a League Cup <laughs> tomorrow. I'll take, I, mm. I think we need to be in Europe for exactly what Trevor said. Like, you know, for fans to go uh, to attract the players, but also for fans like Trev, who wants to go to Outer Mongolia and drink. Uh, yak's milk out of you know I don't know some strange thing and and ring me at two o'clock in the morning when he's on a roof terrace somewhere. Yak's milk with whiskey in only yak's milk with whiskey. Not yak's milk. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so for me, uh, success would be Europe. What a great question, though. Mark has, has asked there. What does constitute success? What does con the position we're in? And 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 I'll chuck this back at Andy to carry on, right? Because if you look at Liverpool, the decline of Liverpool, when they finally dropped out of Europe and stopped qualifying for Europe, all right, they're back at it now. But it took them a long, 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 long time mm. to come. Once they dropped out of European places, they were stuck down there for a good few years, you know. So what does constitute success? Mark's asked the question. For, what do you reckon, Andy? Well, I think we've been really spoiled over the last 35 years in that for us, success means actually winning a trophy, some sort of a trophy. And at the moment, I'll take any one of them. Well, we've only got three left now, haven't we? So we, the, the Premier League... Two, because we're not going to win the league. Yeah, I can't see us winning the league. <laughs> we're a cup team, aren't we? Are yeah, we in the no. Audi Cup? <clears throat> Are we in the what? The Audi Cup. Unfortunately not, no. No, well, no we, we haven't missed. gone that low. We haven't gone that low. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'd be happy with winning the League Cup or the FA Cup. And and as Fergus says, getting, I, I think we might even, we'll struggle to get into the top four, having seen what I've seen in pre-season. 
So, you know, any improvement on eighth would be good for me at the moment. But Question for you guys. It's nice to have a trophy to stick in the cabinet. Because no matter it, it, if it's the FA Cup or the League Cup, it's still a nice one to have. Yeah, uh, and we haven't won the League Cup in well, Wenger never won it. Uh, we haven't won the League Cup since uh, George Graham won it all those years yep. back. So uh, that should be the first target for me. Um, we should be going all out at that uh, this season. Um, question for you guys before we close. Um, I uh, hear people talk about, uh, and some people ridicule trust the process. Um, uh, and I think we type it, are saying we type it, trust the process. But I was having a, a conversation with somebody today about the, the phrase trust the process and their view on it. And um, I said to him, look, I'm not really overconfident about this next upcoming season. It really uh, was all about if uh, Kroenke and his cronies um, backed our, our manager, if they really believe it and they put the hand in the pocket, they were talking about 150, 250 million, 75 million so far. Uh, and we still got all the deadwood. It was, it was all about clearing the deadwood. For me, um, the youth is the future of Arsenal. Uh, you mentioned Smith Rowe, you mentioned Saka, you mentioned Martinelli, uh, and there's others coming through. Balagon, possibly, I haven't seen enough of them to make a decision, but there are others coming through that look really, really, really promising. And for me, the youth is the process. And in that, I trust the process. You guys, Mark, where are you on the process and what your view the process is? No, dear, it's a marketing, it's a marketing phrase, isn't it? I mean, it's, it doesn't mean, what does it mean? It's just, a, it's just something that, that people, that, that, that someone said and they're going, oh, that's a great idea. Arteta no, said it. Well, then he said it. So, so what? It's like, you know, it can, it can, it can, it can mean anything. Can't it? it can mean anything he wants it to mean. But I do like Arteta because I liked him as a player. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't too good for us in the last couple of seasons. But the first few seasons he was excellent. He was great at Rangers. He was great at Everton. So he's obviously got a football in mind. Um, whether he can, whether he's whether he's not done how, or whether he's a bit better, I don't know. I don't know. But I'd love to see him succeed. I'd love to see him succeed. Yeah. Andy, you know, I can't say anything the more process. Than that. You know, what, what does it mean? Yeah, well, for me, I'm hoping that trust the process means that he does what the likes of George Graham did early on, sort out the defence. Because things have changed since then, and now defences actually win titles. If you look at the teams that win the title each year, Generally, they've got the best defence. Mm -hmm. so not necessarily the team that scores the most goals. But if they can get that defence sorted and stop the silly goals being scored, you know, every, week in, week out, you can guarantee that there's going to be some sort of calamity in the defence and we're going to either concede a goal or get lucky and just, you know, not concede a goal, even though um, it was highly likely that we could have done. Sort that defence and then work his way up through the team. Trevor, final say on the process? Well, the, I, what is the process? I'm, I'm with Mark. I don't really understand what a process is. I'm a football fan, you know. Um, I, I just want to talk, because you get a lot from young fans, Fergus, as you know. We've had a debate with them recently saying trust the process, particularly on social media. And although I hate what goes on social media a lot of the time, I do have I, I do sort of understand the frustration of these younger fans because if you like if you're 30 or under, you can't remember Arsenal not being successful. They've been spoiled absolutely rotten in their younger years. And over the last few years that's dropped off and they're getting frustrated because they've never experienced this before. They've never experienced our club going through a hard time. So, so, so it's new to them. And they're gonna have to, I think they're gonna have to learn to get used to it because it's gonna be with us for a little while. I hope I'm wrong on that. But the process for me is to see the a change in playing staff, a change in, in ways we play. And we've got to let Arteta get on with that, at least in the short term, you know. And we've got to let him just do his thing. And then if in a year's time we still haven't progressed, then we'll have to look at what Arteta's done and I'm, I'm sure the club will. But the process for me is seeing change. And going 
just while we're on we're on success as well, right? Success for me this season, Fergus, would be if we don't win a trophy, getting top four in the league. That's success. Progress is a different word to success. Mm -hmm. yeah. Progress for me would be us having a couple of good cup runs and coming in the top half a dozen in the league. That would be progress. Success for me says winning stuff, you know. I'm not so, I, I, I want to see us win everything. I want to see success. But for me this year, progression is what I want to see. If we're in the top half a dozen at the end of the season, then, you know, I'm going to say, yeah, well, we, we, we're moving in the right direction. So, Matthew, Trev, quick one, one, one answer. Uh, fourth place is a trophy then, is it? No. Okay. Okay, that's fine. No, no, just success was top four and trophies and stuff like that. That's fine. I just didn't know if you classified as top four as a trophy. Success is winning. Success is getting up there and lifting a trophy. Progress is being better than you were previously. Am I, am I right? I, that's the way I know. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, you, 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 are, you are. The only reason I ask that is because... Wenger and, and, and Arsenal fans have been ridiculed left, right and centre about fourth place, fourth place trophy, this, that and the other. Um, but it is success. It's a sign that you're in that elite section of football. And I just wanted to clarify that with you. That was all. Listen, guys, this has been uh, brilliant. Um, a bit like what you said already, we're talking about fact and opinion right now. And that's not necessarily history. Yes, we are recalling stuff, but it's in our very forefront um, of, of, of our thoughts rather than, you know, some of the stuff that these guys have un unearthed from 1896 and Mark, the specialist in Woolwich, uh, Andy, the specialist in stats and facts. Uh, if you want to see more of their stuff, uh, you can get it on the arsenalhistory.com. Um, guys, I've really enjoyed doing this with you guys. I've not done this all through this, but I've got to do this now, mate. I've got to do this now. Don't lean back on me because there's one thing that we've forgotten to say. And it's really important, son. It's really important before we go. In that football is totally different. Over the last seven, eight, however many years, football is now totally different. In that team, money buys success. Pep Guardiola has spent a billion pounds at Manchester City. A billion pounds. Now, if you're watching this now or listening to this as an Arsenal fan and you're wanting us to spend a billion pounds, it ain't going to happen because even Stan ain't got that money. Manchester City have got a country backing them, an oil-rich country. Chelsea have got a Russian ugly guy who could probably print money for fun, you know. So you have to put it in context. That's what I'm saying, Fergus, before we go. You do have to put what we're saying about mm. in context. We're not just battling for the best players and, 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 and the best managers and, and the, the best the best referees or whatever you want to put. We're battling money. And unless we get really lucky or something happens, we ain't going to ever match Man City or Chelsea for money because they, they've, they've just got limitless amounts of it. Mm. Limitless amounts. And you in know? Europe, PSG, who have just taken on Messi on a million pound a week, uh, yeah. you know, plus probably a huge signing on fee. The football has messed up, guys, and it's not football that mm -hmm. uh, we have talked about over the last over this summer. Um, football does return uh, to the Emirates in uh, about ten days' time. It returns uh, for Arsenal and all of us on Friday night against Brentford. Uh, the lucky people who've got the golden um, golden tickets, good luck to them. I hope you have a really good uh, good night. Enjoy yourselves. Sing up for the Arsenal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you have. I wasn't going to listen. I'm not going to get you mugged in <laughs> for your ticket. Um, yeah, I, listen, we've all tried all, all our different ways of trying to get tickets, and just like gold dust, you can't get them. Um, bef uh, before we go, guys, I'd like to say thank you very much for the summer. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I know I said it last week, uh, but I get I've got so much out of this and some of the compliments that we've got from people on social media uh, and uh, just making friends with you guys has, has been an absolute ple pleasure. Uh, it's made it so much easier to deal with Trev as well. Um, so thank you for that. I really do appreciate it. No, thank you. Um, it's been very enjoyable. Very good. Same here. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. We'll meet for a pint beforehand. And guys, if um, if you haven't uh, been on GoFundMe, uh, Dan Bailey, 
um, sadly passed away due to COVID. Uh, he's only 39. Gooner, home and away. Um, uh, anybody who goes to the football will uh, will know um, uh, Dan Bailey. Uh, they're trying to collect some money to, to to sort out his funeral, but anything that they've got left over will go to the Stevenage Lister uh, re- renal unit. Uh, so get on there. I'll, but I'll, I'll find the link and I'll stick it on the in, in the. Um, in the in in the comments below, so that you can uh, put it in there. Uh, but may the, the the fellow rest in peace. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, up the Arsenal and uh, enjoy the next season. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.